Hey everyone, technically you're getting two days in history today because we're running two episodes from the History Vault. You'll also hear two hosts, me and Tracy V. Wilson. Hope you enjoy. Welcome to this day in history class from HowStuffWorks.com and from the desk of Stuff You Missed in History Class. It's the show where we explore the past one day at a time with a quick look at what happened today in history. Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm Christopher Hasiotis, your host filling in this week for Tracy V. Wilson. Today is December 15th, and Sitting Bull was killed on this day in 1890. Born around 1831, Sitting Bull was a member of the Hunkpapa community. Now that's one of seven distinct Native American groups that make up the Lakota tribe. Family history says that Sitting Bull was born in the Dakota Territory, in what's today's southeastern Montana, though you'll also find a lot of references to him being born in what's South Dakota. At the time, though, he wasn't known as Sitting Bull. His childhood name was Jumping Badger. But after an act of bravery in a raid on a crow camp when he was 14 years old, Jumping Badger received the name Tatanka Iotake, or Sitting Bull. Over the next several decades, Sitting Bull, who became a leader, and his people had contact with the white people traveling westward, but... As the Lakota lands were further north than most transcontinental routes, it wasn't as constant as with other tribes. But the Hunkpapa and Lakota couldn't avoid the increasing tension between Native Americans and the invading forces of the United States, both military and civilian. By this time, Sitting Bull had become a political, military, and spiritual leader of his people. Over the years, he grew cognizant of the reality of the invasion and conquest. He learned of conditions and reservations from other tribal leaders, for instance. And he continually warned his followers that, were their people to survive as free Indians, their fates would be intrinsically tied to that of the bison that populated North America. And those bison were such a valuable resource to many Native people. So Sitting Bull led guerrilla attacks over the years and was involved in a number of notable conflicts, from the Battle of Kildeer Mountain to Red Cloud's War, and from the Great Sioux War to the Battle of Little Bighorn. Now that famed battle is when Custer's 7th Cavalry attacked Cheyenne and Lakota encampments near the Little Bighorn River, which, to the Lakota, was known as the Greasy Grass River. But more than 2,000 warriors were following Sitting Bull at that point, and they overwhelmed the attackers and successfully defended themselves. The U.S. public reacted with shock at Custer's defeat, considering it a massacre, and thousands of soldiers were sent to fight the Lakota tribes. Sitting Bull eventually surrendered six years later on July 19, 1881. And over the last decade of his life, he served time as a prisoner of war and was eventually housed at the Standing Rock Reservation in South Dakota. He was allowed to leave to tour with Buffalo Bill Cody's Buffalo Bill's Wild West show. Sitting Bull met and befriended Annie Oakley. He posed for pictures. He signed autographs. And the money that he raised doing that, he is said to have often given away to beggars and homeless people he encountered. He also became involved in the ghost dance spiritual movement, and this became pivotal in what ended up becoming Sitting Bull's end. After returning to Standing Rock, he eventually died on December 15th, 1890. And what happened is, a government representative named James McLaughlin was afraid that Sitting Bull was planning to leave the reservation with the ghost dancers and ordered him arrested by reservation police. Around 5.30 a.m. on December 15th, a number of police officers led by Lieutenant Henry Bullhead and four volunteers surrounded Sitting Bull's house and tried to arrest him. Sitting Bull and his wife delayed the arrest as his followers gathered, and when police ordered Sitting Bull atop a horse, he resisted, and the police responded with force. A Lakota warrior named Catch the Bear fired a rifle at Lieutenant Bullhead, who then fired his pistol at Sitting Bull. Another policeman fired at Sitting Bull as well. The Lakota leader was struck in the chest and head and died soon thereafter. A fight broke out, and 
In total, 16 people died. Eight policemen, eight tribesmen. Sitting Bull's body was taken to Fort Yates and buried nearby, but in 1953, family members exhumed what they believed to be his remains and buried them near what then was believed to be his birthplace in South Dakota. A number of monuments to Sitting Bull now exist across the United States. Thanks to Casey Pegram and Chandler Mays for their audio work on this show. You can subscribe to This Day in History class on Apple Podcasts, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever else you like to find your podcasts. Please come back for our next episode, where we'll discuss a notable get-together on a boat. Hi again, everyone. I'm Eves, and you're listening to This Day in History class, where instead of going back to the future, we go back to the past. The day was December 15, 1875. Emilio Jacinto, a revolutionary during the Philippine Revolution, was born. Jacinto was born in Tondo, Manila, to Mariano Jacinto and Josefa Dison. His father, Mariano, died when he was young. His maternal uncle, Jose Dison, helped support him. Not much is known about Jacinto's childhood, but it is known that he was fluent in Spanish and Tagalog. He attended the San Juan de Letran College in Manila, transferring later to the University of Santo Tomas to study law. But his opposition to Spanish colonial rule in the Philippines drove him to leave school and join a revolutionary group called the Katipunan. The Spanish began colonizing the Philippines in the mid-1500s, after Spanish navigator Miguel López de Legazpi arrived with an expedition. Spanish colonial rule was marked by the Christianization of Filipinos in a powerful church, investment in education, and the development of an indigenous upper class and educated middle class, among other major political and social shifts. There had been some resistance to Spanish rule over the years, but by the 19th century, ideas of Philippine independence began to spread. In 1872, Filipino priests Mariano Gomez, Jose Burgos, and Jacinto Zamora, collectively known as Gombursa, were executed by Spanish authorities for their alleged involvement with the Cavite Mutiny, an uprising of Filipino troops and workers. This inspired reform-minded Filipino students who went to Europe to study to form the propaganda movement. Jose Rizal was one of the movement's most prominent leaders, and his writings galvanized people into fighting for Philippine independence. Motivated by these Spanish crackdowns on the nationalist movement and growing resistance to Spanish authority, the Katipunan formed as a secret revolutionary society. Andres Bonifacio, a warehouse clerk, led the society, which called for the expulsion of the Spanish from the Philippines and prepared for armed rebellion. Jacinto served as fiscal advisor and secretary to Bonifacio. He also wrote manifestos, articles, and poetry for the society's newspaper, the Kalayaan. He wrote the society's official handbook, which detailed its rules and principles for new and existing members. And he became a general in the society's guerrilla army. Membership in the Katipunan grew substantially, and the Spanish discovered the society. The Philippine Revolution broke out in 1896. That same year, the Spanish executed Rizal. But in 1897, Emilio Aguinaldo, who led the Magdalo faction of the Katipunan, made himself president of the revolutionary government and ordered the execution of Bonifacio. 
Jacinto carried on Bonifacio's legacy of fighting the Spanish, but he refused to join the Magdalo faction under Aguinaldo. In 1898, Jacinto's leg was injured while fighting in Laguna, a province southeast of Manila. He died at age 23 after contracting malaria. Initially buried in Laguna, his remains were later transferred to Manila North Cemetery and again to Himalayang Filipino Memorial Park. Filipino revolutionary forces declared Philippine independence from Spanish rule in 1898, but the U.S. soon annexed the Philippines as part of its peace treaty with Spain, and resistance efforts persisted. I'm Eve Jeffcoat, and hopefully you know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. Keep up with us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at TDIHC Podcast. Or you can go the old-fashioned route and send us an email at thisday at iheartmedia.com. We're here every day, so you know where to find us. Bye. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.